On this episode of ResiWeek, Lutron's new wall plate for Josh AI, Nest Hubs show air quality, and check your reference. All this and more on this episode of ResiWeek. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 290, Demo a Room. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my longtime friends. First, we have Mr. Jeremy Glowacki. He is the executive editor at Residential Tech Today. How you doing, Jeremy? I am doing well. Thanks for having me again. Great to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Then we have my longtime friend, Mr. Stephen Bronner. He is the owner of Pro Audio Georgia. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. Just uh, running around crazy up here in Asheville, where um, uh, where we expanded to. So it's uh, it's good times. Excellent. So, gentlemen, we are going to kick this off shockingly enough with actual stories this week. There's been like no major pull. You know, people not going to CD, no major announcements. It got real quiet for a couple of days as Stephen smiles. So we're not going to talk about that. Uh, Jeremy had mentioned to me at the start of the show that there's something like still over 100. Am I correct on that, Jeremy? 100 exhibitors on the show floor? I did a quick count and I got about 118. But that includes publishers and other stuff like that. Everybody uh, and their brother. Yeah, but it's a little bit over 100. So it's not nothing. Okay. So if, if you're and again, we'll be covering it uh, next week, give or take as it, as it's going on. So uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. And hopefully some people, I can't go there. The borders just got extended again. Um, yeah. So there's that, but, but other people will be there. They won't be me, but they will be, they will be good people. It'll be sure. All right, gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from aviation.tv. Lutron and Josh AI are collaborating on a voice-controlled wall plate. Uh, What this is, is essentially a way to combine uh, the Josh AI, I believe it's the Nano, which is their their little micro um, voice control microphone interface, into a Palladium or in in a couple of months down the road, uh, their other two keypad lines as well, the, the C-Touch and the Picos, so that essentially... You have your Lutron keypad, and you have a Josh AI Nano. Um, so it is cool in the sense that it is clean, sleek, a nice way to put the Nano in there. Um, Jeremy, when you see this, this is a nice addition, right? You mm-hmm. see Palladium. You might see Josh AI in there as well. It's a good marriage. Uh, having it in a single wall plate, again, it's pretty it, it, it really speaks to what Lutron's all about as far as trying to clean up that wall acme. Um, is there anything more to this or is it, you know, again, just a, a really nice application of those two technologies? Yeah, I think it is a, a nice application of those two technologies, a nice way to bring probably two of the nicer industrial designs together um, in one housing Um it's mm-hmm. it's not nothing super technical or sophisticated that I can tell, um, but honestly, I, I I love the high end Lutron 
um, interface. I mm-hmm. love the high-end quality of the Josh AI interface. I mean, the the just tiny little piece on the wall, little stylized bug on the wall, so to speak, um, and putting those together um, in, in, in a single plate is, is just a really nice piece. I, I don't think there's much more to it than that, but this is what designers love to see. I, I think mm-hmm. integrators who are design savvy and understand their client uh, high-end qualities that, in their home, they, they're going to gravitate toward it. Um, I think I, I, I think Josh is still developing its, uh, its dealer base and uh, getting out there, so it's still pretty new. They're pretty young, relatively speaking. But yep. to, to, to kind of latch on with a company like Lutron that's so well-established, so well-respected in consumer and pro levels, um, it, it, it's a good play for them. It, it, it really is a good partnership. Yeah. Stephen, I, as I stated, I, I love the look of this. I love the integration of the two pieces. It, it just seems to make sense. My only concern is it, it seemed like a lot of fuss over a wall plate. And I'm not, again, I'm not trashing it. Heck, I have Lutron wall plates throughout my entire house, and I would never put, like, just basic screwed wall plates in anything. Can't stand them. But, like, there was a webinar. There was a produced advertised video. Like, there was a lot of stuff into this. Is is it something that was done? Like, were we not the audience for this? Was the audience for this the designer base? Because to me, this was just, it, it was a lot about, respectfully, a, a, a wall plate. So uh, I have to be gentle here because I really like Alex and I like the company that he's with. Uh, but when I looked at this press release, I called several people in the uh, in the industry and I asked them that exact question. Was this all about a wall plate? <clears throat> um, kudos to Alex. Uh, I think it is a nice looking wall plate. But this was way too much hype. And instead of coming out looking like they did something neat, like they could have done with a press release, uh, it came out looking desperate. Um, this is not an announcement. Um, if this is an announcement, then Datacom should be in the news every week because that's what they make, wallets mm-hmm. and things like wallets. Um, I think the Josh AI product has a lot of promise, and I think there are a lot of neat things to talk about. And honestly, it felt like maybe somebody at Lutron uh, was trying to help a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I think every company should get the help that it needs. But this is um, this borders on ridiculous. Um, it really does. I, I was looking forward to this press conference for two weeks. Um, there are a lot of things that Josh can do. There's a lot of things that Josh is working on being able to do. And I was excited. And then I had some family uh, things come up, and I couldn't make the press conference. And I was kind of bummed about it. Um, and so I read the press release, and I was like, okay, there has to be more. I missed something. There's got to be more. And I literally called three other integrators, and every single person I talked to was like, no, man, it really was just a wall play. Um, I will say to the people who thought this was a good idea, um, you're fired. 
Um, I would fire every marketing person that said that this much this much money, time, and effort put into a wall plate was a good idea. They should be fired. Um, I don't really care who it is. Frankly, um, you are now the laughing stock. Um, every single integrator that I've talked to, including two integrators that sell your product, think that you are ridiculous. Fix it. Do something cool and release something cool. The micro is cool. It didn't need a, a decoration like a wall plate. It didn't need you to waste its coolness on a wall plate. Um, do better. And uh, the industry is looking for you to do great things. But this was not great. This is something that a fifth grader with a 3D printer could have done in his spare time. Let's do better. That's not news. Well, already then. It's a good thing he was nice, being nice to everybody. It's like a, <laughs> a gentle way of putting it. I, I, I got to agree, though. Like, Yeah, I hear you. Again, fr from we're at the point where we just, as an industry, we, we celebrate a lot of things that probably aren't that big of a deal especially outside of the outside of the channel um like gosh I'm, I'm glad i didn't have a client log in to to see you know the latest and greatest cool stuff coming in in voice and lighting control uh and then have them being shown a, a piece of plastic or or glass or metal you know because palladiums are really nice uh, and I'm not knocking that at all. All right, gentlemen, let's move on before we both get into more trouble. Uh, this comes to us from Gizmoto. Google's Nest Hubs will start showing air quality metrics as the wildfire season rages on. Uh, currently, this is going to be included in select U.S. markets, uh, but it's supposed to show an AQI badge on the device, just saying what the uh, uh, ambient um, air quality is in your area. <clears throat> Excuse me, Stephen. This is at first glance. I I kind of just disregarded this, and then the more I thought about it, the more I went, okay, this is actually kind of cool in the sense. Stay with me. I see you being very skeptical as we just talked about things that aren't overly cool that got a press release. <laughs> what I found interesting about this is the number of people who have have a smartphone with them, but they turn off a lot of the notifications, right? Because if you have notifications for every app you have, your phone is just notifications. They don't necessarily listen to local radio and they may not listen to local news on TV. Is this the next kind of opportunity for environmental emergencies, for the national uh, emergency network thing to be? Is this that location that is going to, really you know be able to beam that kind of information into most homes in north america well i think it's awesome that we now have the 532nd way to get this information um we we were really struggling what was the third what was the 531st um i don't remember let's see was that I carrier it, pigeon it, i think it was smoke signals actually uh because of wildfires so if you look outside and there's smoke the air sucks so um, I, I don't, once again, man, I think we are, we've come to a crossroads. Do I think it's good that Google does this? Absolutely. Um, everyone has their chosen way to get information. So if your chosen way to get information is through the Google Nest product, and now Google Nest is doing air quality, yeah, that's awesome. You, you now have that information. But 
once again, let's don't act like this was the first or the third or the 500th person to do this. I mean, there's hundreds of apps that do this. The Weather Channel does it. Literally every single news station, I mean, when it hits pollen season in the south, you can get the pollen count from, I mean, I don't know. Ain't best it's on the highway, door. isn't it? Don't they put it on the highway signs? Well, what you do is as you drive down the highway, the thicker the clouds are of pollen, it lets you know what the pollen count is. Mm. But uh, yes, it actually is on the highway signs in the south. It does tell you that the air quality is bad. Um, once again, kudos to them. I'm glad that they're part of this. I'm glad that I've got some guys coming in. I'm glad that they are uh, that they have added this to their API. Um, do I think it's newsworthy? No, not really. But we're going into Cedia, and everything newsworthy right now is kind of being held for Cedia. Yes, so it's it's a little bit of a slow week. It a little bit of a slow week, okay. but once again, kudos to Google. Um, I'm glad they added it to their API. Um, and, and I think that there may be a lot more cool things to come if they would open up that API for everybody to integrate with. That would be nice. But yeah. we'll see. Um, he was looking at you, Nest. Works with Nest. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, when, when you see this, the the flip side to my earlier question to Stephen is kind of the the concept that he came back with of when is too much too much? Right. We, we talked pre-show in, in the pre-record about, you know, how even with my personal smart home assistant stuff that I have, when I got it, I integrated stinking everything. And very quickly, I took most of that off and just use it for a couple basic things. Is this that example of we're trying to do way too much with some of these devices? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what your threshold is for irritation and those types of alarms and notifications and if it's a if it's a thing that you go check in the morning that that is your interface and that's what you report into then maybe that's a great place to do it it's not like you get an alarm over your your uh housewide audio system um maybe that's what you want i think that would be terrible personally um i, I don't want extra alarms and, and noises in my in my life but an interesting example of this is, uh, I think everybody's going to have something on their on their phone. Um, mm -hmm. So, so adding this to the housewide system might be redundant. Um, an example, though, I I was at a com the only conference that I've been to in a year and a half. We were at the ProSource <laughs> Summit or ProSource Summer Conference down in San San Antonio a couple weeks ago, and we were at this big social event. We we're all kind of feeling a little. A little unsure of walking into this ballroom for this big social event without masks and everything, but it was kind of feeling okay. We're hearing about this Delta variant, and almost every single phone went off with like a. I, I'm always on on silent mode, but my phone squawked mm -hmm. at me, and a lot of other phones started squawking. We were all getting a warning about the Delta variant, and it was like you idiots oh, just God. walked into this ballroom. <laughs> And it's like we, we didn't get away with it, but it was just a weird timing thing that there had been a spike in the Delta variant in Texas and we were all getting the warning. And then shortly thereafter, there was like a Amber alert and we were all like concerned yeah. about some ki kid that was, you know, stolen. And it was like, wow, the, the system is really active here. Um, cause I don't get that stuff at home as often. And, um, and I just kind of think air quality, we're all into 
the environmental elements that are going on right now, um, we're we're trying to to be healthier because we're dealing with a pandemic and all that stuff. It's kind of a trendy thing, uh, sadly, mm-hmm. with uh, global disasters. But um, I don't necessarily think that uh, it, it's really a, a, anything new and novel to be able to get that in that particular device per se. Again, I've got a really good weather app that I use for everything, and I'm there all the time because I want to know if my softball game is going to get canceled or (laughs) if I'm ever going to get rain in my yard again. (laughs) So, you know, that type of thing. I'm in the same boat. We get uh, up here. We have an alert system on our mobile, and they use it. They use it for Amber Alerts, uh, which I won't lie frustrates me, Mm -hmm. but I understand. And if it was my kid, I would want that going out identically. Um, but they started using it up here for, for COVID alerts Mm. and for a while in the summer, because Ontario has Toronto in it, uh, they were sending out things based upon Toronto to all of Ontario. Mm. And I was literally getting alerts every other day as Toronto did whatever Toronto does. Yeah. Um, you hear that Toronto? We don't listen to you. We don't care. (laughs) All right, gentlemen, let's hit our last story of the day before I go on a larger Toronto rant. Uh, Residentialsystems.com has Check Your References, an article by the one and only Anthony Grimani. Um, If you don't know Anthony, what are you doing in this industry? Come (laughs) on, pay attention. Um, He is really one of the standards for custom theaters uh, as far as both a uh, manufacturer and just a consultant genius gentleman i've talked to him a few times um through this article he goes through and gives a a real basic overview of what the audio in your theater room is supposed to sound like uh where that should be and how to check that reference level and compare it to what the client is looking for and make sure that you eq appropriately um this is this is a phenomenal article. I, I'm, I'm not going to downplay it at all uh, because, again, he, he covers the key things that are overlooked most often. Um, and as Anthony has a, a severe level of genius to him, this is a fairly easy read, which is great. Jeremy, when you when you read through this, I would argue that this is one of those big one of the biggest issues in our channel is that people build air quotes if you're just listening um cinema grade or reference grade uh theaters all the time that have nothing to do with that initial word they are not reference grade they are not reference standard uh they're just a nice room with a tv and some speakers uh, or a projector what is it going to take for people in the channel to 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 understand the difference between a surround sound system and a reference grade room well i'll start by reading this article i guess but the um the point that tony (laughs) makes is uh is a good one that uh, you can you can say reference all you want and you can establish that and, and and explain to your client what it is and, and he's using the cinema standard, a uh, movie theater standard, and he said that it does correlate to the home theater. He can say, well, it it's a bigger room and you're closer to the speakers when you're in the home theater, so it, it's going to be a lot louder if you're using the reference standard for the, the cinema 
but he said it doesn't work that way. It's actually the same standard. But what he makes the point of is that you need to make sure the client is okay with it. Like you can't just say, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm the boss here. <laughs> We're following the standard and you cannot weigh in on it. He said, you sit the client down, you set the standard at zero on the receiver. And then you say, what do you think? And you get them, give them the remote. And if they don't touch it, then you're good to go. That's your, your reference. That's your center point for the whole thing. And of course they can always turn it up when they want or turn it down when they want. But if they're going to be listening a lot at a certain volume, may as well make that the reference point. And then if you see them turn it down 10 dB, then you, you kind of establish that as your center point. Um, and he was making the point that you don't have to then maybe invest in such a big system um, with as much headroom mm -hmm. if they aren't going to use it. Um, you want to have it there. Uh, you don't want to just make it peak at what they want. But I think it was a really interesting point that it's about the client and their, their sensitivity. Um, I know I don't want to be blasted out of the room, but there are times when um, it's, it's the right approach um, for a certain kind of movie, I guess. So don't, you don't want to have a limit, but, uh, but my, my, my sensitivity is, is pretty high and uh, I don't want to be rattled around in a, in a room. And I get that, that there's going to be a certain demographic that you got to appeal to them, not, mm -hmm. not, not make it prescriptive that this has to be loud, you know, for the room. So, so I, I do think that uh, it's just, it's about, understanding how to set it up, but then knowing how to adjust it for the client. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that he mentions in there and, and hit a couple of times that if you do knock it down 10 dB, yeah, right, because that's what the client wants, you have to re-EQ for that right? Level. Because when you EQ at a certain level, and if you've, if you've ever worked in pro, you know this for a fact, whatever level you're trying to hit has a different EQ based on that level. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing, if, especially if you're doing a multi-purpose room where you're doing live performance and then spoken word, they're usually two completely different level sets and they require different EQs on those level sets. Steven, when, when you see this and, and you and I have talked about this as well a lot, um, we talk a lot, don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, when you... <laughs> that was for you, Jeremy. Um, indeed. Indeed. When you when you see this and and again I I don't disvalue this this at all I I think this is one of those I've got a few hot button issues and this is one of them is the lack of understanding of what reference means so given given what what Jeremy was saying as an integrator how do you approach that to your client how do you how do you have that conversation of Okay, you want a theater or, or even a media room, right? You want a space to, to, to watch things and you want a good quality room. Do you want a reference grade? And this is how we define reference grade and this is what that experience is like versus you just want a really good sounding, clean entertainment space. How do you, how do you bridge that gap? Or do they, do they have to experience it? Have to experience it. No doubt about it. So... You cannot, you cannot build a system and just and expect for your client to just know that it's gonna what it's supposed to sound like. We don't sell theaters, we don't sell media rooms, we don't sell bedrooms and living rooms and sound bars 
we sell experience. And we have to focus on the experience. The biggest problem in our industry is, is even the manufacturers don't know how to run a profitable PPP room. Um, anybody that's been to CES or Cedia and been to a sound demo room will tell you that not a single one of them knows how to properly demo a room, not even the ones that claim to be the best in the world. They're all overdriven. And they're overdriven because the average person, just like a TV on display in Best Buy, they turn them up to like sun bright, like just crazy. You can stand in front of them and get a tan. Uh, you can feel the cancer growing. So the, the thing is, is you, you, you can't, people don't, they only know what you show them. So when you go into a situation and you say, you know, hey, this is what a room is supposed to sound like. And they're like, oh, well, I expect it to be louder. Well, it can be louder uh, by all means. We can make it louder, but this is an enjoyable level. And then you, you have to sit there and listen to your client. This article, I mean, no insult to all the other articles that I've read, because uh, I literally read everything our industry puts out, Resident System, CD Pro, uh, SCN, um, and all the little ones off to the side. Um, this is the only article that I've saved in Dropbox for my employees to read in over six months. Um, it's important. This was critically important and so well, so well defined. Um, I am used to this. I am a rare breed in our industry these days. I'm actually a calibrator. Uh, so few people have gotten away from that because the picture quality and sound quality out of the box is so good. The calibration has kind of fallen off. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually a calibrator, and I can tell you that I have calibrated rooms to the absolute most perfect uh, color and color temperature, and everything has been perfect, and all the charts look good, and I've had clients walk in and go, oh, that looks terrible. And when you, take your yeah, <laughs> when you take your certification, and I took mine under Joel Silver, whenever we did our certification, he told us, you're going to do a perfect calibration, and the client's going to come in and tell you they don't like it. It doesn't matter how good the charts look. What matters is what the client thinks. And so, you know, I'm used to this. This article was like, ah, oh, yes, you know, this is old news to me. But when I read it, I was like, this is so well put and, and, and it's so good that I put it in Dropbox and had my employees read it. Um, it's, uh, it's critical, but you want to know why we can't get away from every room being a home theater or a media room? It's because it's a sales pitch. What is a home theater? It's somewhere in your home where you watch a movie. That's like the term professional. Professional means at some point in your life, someone paid you to do it. Well, I'm a lot of things, but I got paid to cut somebody's grass and I am not a professional lawn care person. A lot of people in our industry get paid to do what we do and they suck at it. So they need sales pitches. They need things that sound fun to clients. So every room is a home theater. I walked into a room uh, eight months ago that was just literally, there was a pool table and a bar and a TV on the wall. There was a sound bar below it and some speakers in the ceiling behind it. And the integrator introduced that room to me as this is the home theater. And I didn't say anything about it because the integrator needed to call it a home theater to have the homeowner want to spend that kind of money on it. Mm -hmm. So it's just a sales pitch. It's just like this. What do we call ourselves? Are we technologists or integrators? It's just a word. Um, for people to truly understand sound, that's what sets us apart. That's what makes Tony different. That's what makes people like Theo Calamaracas different. That's what makes, you know, a lot of these icons in our industry 
do what they do because they're selling the experience. They're not selling a bunch of boxes. And those are the people that really make a difference. The ones that are selling the experience. And the ones that are selling the experience, they already know to turn the sound down. Yeah. God, I wish these demo rooms at CD would turn it down. I can't even go in there. But I would love to hear some of these demos. And if anybody's listening, if you'll turn your room down and on the outside put a piece of paper that says, we don't blow your eardrums, I'll come in and listen to it. But it's uh, it's pretty bad. So uh, that's why. And, and I love this article. Like I said, I think that it, it speaks volumes. Um, too bad it's speaking a language most of our industry can't understand. Yeah, very good. All right, gentlemen, let's wrap it there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Stephen, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Pro Audio Georgia, Pro Audio Carolinas. Did you get it right this time? Yeah. Where can they find you? Oh, you can find me. Um, you can find me just about anywhere. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm on uh, Pro Audio underscore GA. You can look me up at ProAudioGA.com. ProAudioCarolinas.com. Uh, I do want to leave on one strong note here, uh, and this is off topic uh, for all my fellow veterans uh, that are struggling with what's happening right now in Afghanistan. Um, if you need somebody to talk to, if you're struggling with this, um, call me. Um, I've been there, and uh, I love you, and I'd like to talk to you. We've got a lot of people struggling right now. And veteran suicide is high enough. Uh, I'm tired of it. One out of twenty-two. Let's put it to a let's put it to a stop. Call me yep. if you need to talk. Yeah, true. Jeremy, my friend, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about residential tech today. Where can they do that? They can visit our website restechtoday.com and subscribe to the newsletter or the bi-monthly magazine and uh, check out the, the podcast, uh, Residential Tech Talks. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, thanks to all of you for joining us today. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.